0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and take our Bible and turn to Galatians chapter number five, Galatians five. And as we're turning there, uh, we are going through our series on doctrine, and the the series is called Continue in Doctrine because that's what the early disciples did. There in Acts chapter number two, uh, after on the day after the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they continued in the apostles' doctrine. And the theme for our church this year is continue. And so one of the things we do want to continue on is what they continued in, and that was doctrine, learning doctrine, learning biblical truth, and uh, taking some time to uh, look at the major Bible doctrines. So we've looked at Bibliology, we've looked at uh, Theology, we've looked at Christology, and now we're in Pneumantology, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about several things last week. We talked about the sealing of the Holy Spirit, and that's the work that He does. Then we also talked about the filling of the Spirit and how we are to be filled with the Spirit. And that's something really He desires to do in each of our lives, but we need to allow Him to do that. Well, now we're going to talk this evening about the fruit of the Spirit. And most of us are at least pretty familiar with this aspect of uh, the Holy Spirit uh, but Galatians chapter five and verse number 22 and 23, and we'll look at a couple of the surrounding verses here as we go through this uh, time together. But Galatians chapter five verse 22 says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law." And uh, with that, let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll uh, get into the message tonight. Lord, we do thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for what your word has to say about all these doctrines that we've been looking at. Um, but now as we look at the, this particular aspect of the uh, Holy Spirit and his ministry in our lives to produce the fruit of the Spirit, I pray, Lord, you'd help us to understand it, help us to have a clear mind and clear heart, um, and, uh, Lord, thank you for each one that's here, and I pray, Lord, you bless them for their time, to, time and investment of, uh, of them being here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, well, now, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit was involved in uh, lots of—he's he, a member of the Trinity. Um, he is God. We've looked at that a little bit. Um, we also learned that the Holy Spirit was involved in creation— Um, Genesis 1 and verse number 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form, and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit was part of creation. And you say, well, which member of the Trinity was involved in creation? And the answer would be yes, (laughs) or all of them. Uh, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit were all uh, present, obviously, uh, but they were all involved in creation, but the Holy Spirit was um, involved in that. And uh, so the Bible teaches us that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit created the heaven and the earth. The Holy Spirit has been referred to as a gift given to each believer at the moment of our salvation, and He comes to dwell with us permanently. The Bible tells us in John 14, verse 16, I will pray the Father, and Jesus is praying here, I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you temporarily. No, uh, that He may abide with you forever. Um, So the Lord uh, Jesus, uh, He told His disciples, like, don't be so sad that I'm leaving. I know you might be, but honestly, it's for your own good, because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who's going to come and dwell within you. And uh, Jesus was, remember, Emmanuel, God with us, and then the Holy Spirit, when He came, it was not just God with us, it was God in us. And that's a whole new intimacy that, uh, that, we didn't, uh, that people didn't ever really know until um, the day of Pentecost. Now, the Holy Spirit has quite the ministry in our lives. Uh, Here's a brief list of things He does in each believer, and uh, we've already kind of went through a few of these as we've uh, looked at the last couple lessons here in this um, series. But uh, the Holy Spirit, He teaches us. He guides us into all truth. He convicts us of sin. He regenerates us. He intercedes for us. He commands us. And He comforts us. The Holy Spirit can be grieved when we sin. He can be quenched with our attitudes and actions. He can be resisted. And He can be obeyed. But the Holy Spirit can also produce and desires to produce fruit in our lives, which is what uh, this message tonight is all about. And so with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the fruit of the Spirit. First, let's notice tonight the nature of the fruit of the Spirit. The nature of the fruit of the spirit. Now, I went through the list here in verses 22 and 23, but I want to kind of compare them in context uh, a few verses up um, with the works of the flesh, because we have here in verse number 20. Or, I'm sorry, verse number 16 in Galatians 5. He says, "This I say then, walk in the Spirit; you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh." For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. If you be led of the spirit, you're not of the law. And then verse 19 now, he begins to list the works of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions her- heresies envyings murders drunkenness revelings and such like of which I tell you before and as I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God and then he compared then he goes from that to then the fruit of the spirit okay now let's talk about works versus fruit here for a minute Now, works are manufactured. Works speak of effort, labor, and toil. But fruit, on the other hand, is quite different. It speaks of receiving, of yielding, and accepting. So long as the branch is in good contact with the vine, it naturally produces fruit. Um, I have shared with you that uh, my wife and I, neither of us, have green thumbs at all. Uh, in fact, none of our fingers are green. <laughs> uh, we're or toes. Actually, there is one of my toes that's starting. No, you don't need to know about that. Too much information, TMI. But here's here's the thing: we do have a little garden outside of our house, and and uh, we've tried a few times, and then invariably we plant some things, and Abby, our dog, somehow finds a way in there and starts eating it and chewing it all up. And we had a grapevine that we had planted um, a couple years ago and Abby did that she dug it up and um, started to chew it up but we decided well it looks like we could probably replant it well we did replant it and then this year this summer the thing just exploded it went bonkers and we're like wow and uh, we're thinking it's going to get into our house because, you know, they just start expanding and attaching and going into things. And they become a little intrusive. They kind of start taking over. <laughs> but And what was neat about it is not only did it explode, but the amount of grapes that were on that thing this year were pretty neat. And I ate a couple at the beginning. I took them, out too, took, them, took them off too soon, and they were still sour. weren't quite ready to be taken off the vine. Um, but anyway, it was neat to see fruit actually start to form and to come, and it was because it was in good contact with the original vine there, and as a result, it naturally produced fruit. Okay, now let's look at these works here very quickly and, and kind of examine them for just a, a moment here. Um, The first section of these works and uh, the uh, works of the flesh here deals with sexual impurity and immorality. In verse number 19 it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness. All four of these kind of deal with that area of impurity and immorality. Adultery, of course, means unfaithfulness, within the marriage relationship. And this is something that the works of the flesh, uh, we we see this on a very regular basis in culture where adultery is pretty commonplace and we kind of don't really even notice it anymore. It doesn't really even trigger anything in our minds because it's so common. But adultery is one of the works of the flesh a fornication is unlawful sexual activity outside of the boundaries of marriage. And again, that is also very commonplace in our culture. Uh, obviously, not something uh, just because it's common and, and tolerant, or everybody's tolerant of it, doesn't mean that it's right. It's obviously still wrong, and it's a work of the flesh. Uh, uncleanness, it's moral evil. Um, and this, of course, is... Um, very rampant in our culture as well. Lasciviousness means filthy living, complete lawlessness when it comes to sexual behavior, especially. So, this first section, these first four, um, really deal, verse number 19, with, the, uh, with, with, our, with purity or lack thereof, really. Verse 20, the second section deals with sins that have to do with false worship. Because we have here idolatry, And witchcraft are mentioned. Idolatry is worship of idols and the immorality which accompanies it. And we live in a very idolatry, we live in a culture that worships a lot of idols. (laughs) Now you say, wait a minute, there's not a lot of people bowing down to statues like Nebuchadnezzar or, uh, well, you, you go to the Catholic Church, there's idolatry in there but you can even take religion out of it and you know the the american idol there's a whole show about idols okay now i know that it's 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 not like oh we need to worship these singers and everything but that is what ends up happening though um, there are a whole lot of young teenagers who are so enamored with these singers and celebrities and they literally just think and they're so obsessed about them. They really, and 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 it's been said, I, wor- I worship the ground they walk on. And that's idolatry. And we do live in that day and that is one of the works of the flesh. Witchcraft is another one. Um, sorcery, witchcraft, and many... Uh, many times accompanied by drugs as well, um, because the Greek word for witchcraft here is pharmakeia, where we get the word pharmacy from uh, so witchcraft and I'm not saying going you go and get your prescription from a pharmacy you're involved in witchcraft i'm not saying that okay um, but here's the deal uh, that's kind of there is a usually accompaniment between. Uh, witchcraft, and drugs. Um, So anyway, these are the works of the flesh, okay? So the first section deals with sexual impurity. Second section deals with sins that have to do with false worship. Third section deals with sins within the human relationships, within human relationships. And so let's walk down through these. Verse number 20, the third word mentioned there is hatred. And that means strong feelings of malice directed towards individuals. I don't know if anybody would say, now I, there are some things in this life that I hate. I I honestly would say I do hate, I'm glad there's no kids in here because I know it, you're not allowed to say this, but I hate lima beans. (laughs) I just just do, I just do. And then I mentioned that and then somebody brought over a can of lima beans when they came to visit us. Brother Bryce, not going to mention any names, Uh, Bryce Luno. (laughs) I, I, hate, I hate those things, but this type of hatred isn't just a strong dislike for a certain food item. It's a strong hatred towards someone else. Okay, variance is the next word mentioned here. What does that word mean? It means discord, contention, strife, fighting. Um, so when we are just so triggered and want to fight everybody and want to debate everybody, that's a, not, a, not a fruit of the Spirit, that's... A work of the flesh. Uh, next word is emulations. That means d- distrust, suspicion, or even jealousy. And that is just something that a lot of people are like, I just know, I, I already. I assume I know what everything, their, their negative motivation is. That's emulation. Wrath is the next word mentioned. It's outburst of hot anger. It's an explosion of something that's been brewing for a while and then something sets it off and boom, it explodes in wrath. And some people, um, their explosions are pretty regular, like Old Faithful. <laughs> uh, that's not something you want to be known for. You want to be known for faithfulness, but not in that department. And uh, wrath. Um, is a work of the flesh. Strife is another one. Self-centered strivings to be number one, even at others' expense. You want to kind of elbow your way to the front of the line and always be first. Strife. And then the next word is seditions. Division caused by disagreements. Heresies is the next word. This is... um, these are sects, S-E-C-T-S, formed by people with self-willed opinions. Uh, the next word is envyings, displeasure of the success or prosperity of others. Uh, when someone else does well and you're like, ah wish they wouldn't do so well. Okay, the Bible calls us to rejoice with them that rejoice, and weep with them that weep, not be jealous of people when they do well. But to be genuinely glad and happy for him, well, the work of the flesh is the opposite. It's envies. A couple more here. Murders. Of course, this is unlawful killing of others. Does that happen in our culture today? Yes. Um, but uh, abortion definitely comes to mind as well, uh, where we're killing the innocent for the purpose of yeah, convenience. So, uh, murders, and then drunkenness. Uh, we referred to this a little bit on Sunday morning. Drunkenness, intoxication caused by strong drink. And certainly, that is a work of the flesh. And then revelings, riotous gatherings for entertainment, many times accompanied by drunkenness. Now, this doesn't mean that you're not allowed to gather together and enjoy some good fellowship and good food and, and, uh, and a nice time together. That's uh, A few of us got together even Monday night and enjoyed... Um, a nice, good, godly Christian time, but um, this was more of the sins of the flesh and, and 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 seeking pleasure for self is the idea on that. Now these are so those. That's the overview overview of works. But let's look here at the overview of fruit real quickly here. Now let's break these down into three different sections, okay? Because there are nine listed here, and uh, they're you can divide them into three groups of three. The first of these sections is the personal aspect of the fruit. Okay? The things that kind of affect me individually inside. So we have here the first one mentioned, love. This is the selfless, this is selflessness and, and giving. Remember, God loved us with, with a selfless love. And, and when we love, Others and we're willing to give and we're not willing to hold things back. This is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Next one is joy it's a contentment and satisfaction with God and His dealings in my life, regardless of the circumstances. And so, when the circumstances are terrible and you and I still express joy, that is not natural, that is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. So, and most of us have been around people who are going through terrible or really difficult circumstances, and yet have this joy about them, and it's it's almost a little bit of a head scratcher. Like, how are you doing this? Well, because it's the fruit of the spirit. It's not natural, um, and they're able to still be content even in those moments. And uh, Paul certainly was. I mean, he. He wrote the book of Philippians, and there's so many references to joy and rejoicing in that book, and yet his circumstances were pretty terrible, if you take a moment and study it out. I mean, being being chained to all these Roman guards, and at night, you're still being chained to these Roman guards, uh, one on either side of you. I mean, I mean, some of you may say, well, I'm chained to my wife, and isn't that... <laughs> no, my wife's not here, so that's... Um, I can get away with it. I can get away with saying that, but, well, when I got married um, at the church that I got married at, um, one, of the, one of the men took, had said, hey, come on over here, I want to show you something. They got me over there, and uh, then another guy put a ball and chain around my ankle, and it was like a real ball and chain, too. <laughs> they had bought it, and that was one of the things they did as a church to be funny. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this isn't funny. But but now I understand the humor of it <laughs> 22 years later into my marriage. But, um, well, Paul was in a much less uh, pleasant situation, and yet he still had joy. Okay, next one mentioned here is peace. Um, it includes both the peace of God and peace with others. This is the fruit, part of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Right. Um, when we can have peace again in the midst of uh, chaotic situations, only God can produce that. So these are the blessings enjoyed by the Christian that becomes, um, or these are blessings enjoyed by the Christian that become qualities of character in their life. All right, the second section deals with um, now our relationship with others. Um, we have here the word long suffering. That means patience in afflictions, difficulties and persecutions, and with others. Gentleness is the next one mentioned. This is being kind. Uh, Someone expressing gentleness seeks to do good to one who has wronged them. So instead of trying to get even and trying to, you know, vengeance is mine, saith Eric. um, We say, Lord, vengeance belongs to you. Uh, the Bible tells me to, to, not, to, to overcome evil with good instead. And so gentleness means I'm going to be kind and respond in a gracious manner. And then goodness, this is someone who desires to be a good influence in this world, to be the salt and the light, to decide to, decide to live a life that uh, brings glory to God and brings honor to Him and is and, uh, uh, a light unto the lost world. Okay, so that second section deals with our relationship with others. The third section has to do with our relationship with God. Faith, this is as God is faithful to us, we are to be then faithful to God, and our words should be our bond, living in a way where people trust you, and uh, we have great faith in God. All right, then the next word here is meekness. This is gentle strength, power under control, teachable, not a know-it-all. Um, and then the third word here is temperance. This is self-control, the ability to rule over our lusts, passions, appetites, and temper. Uh, there's a lot of Christians who don't have this. But this is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, a temperate person does not drift with the current of this world, but is fixed to a higher purpose and stays faithful to their Lord regardless. I think of the... Uh, three Hebrew children I referenced on Sunday afternoon when they were faced there with the fiery furnace, they were temperate. Uh, they had great temperance in their life, and they were willing to stand true to their what they believed and to the, what God wanted. All right, so that's the nature of the fruit of the Spirit. So we kind of compared the, works, with the uh, works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. Now, let's talk here, number two here, about the number of the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, if you look here in verse number 19, it says, Now the works, plural, of the flesh are manifest, which are these. So the word works is plural, but then here in verse number 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. So the fruit is, the word works is plural, the word, word, the word fruit is singular. So, I thought we discussed that there were a list of 17 different works of the flesh, so it makes sense that works would be plural, but why in the world would the word fruit be singular when it seems like there are nine different fruits mentioned? Well, a couple reasons here. Uh, Number one here, the Holy Spirit produces only one type of fruit, and that type of fruit is Christ-likeness in our lives. And these nine different aspects make up what Christ was like. See, Jesus, he had love. And I have to believe that he had joy in his life. The Bible even says, who for the joy that was before him endured the cross. Uh, he had joy, and I'm sure it wasn't just all serious all the time. There was joy in his heart, and there was joy that he exuded in his life. He had joy. He had love. He also had peace. He had long suffering and gentleness. He had goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. He had all of it. And so when the Holy Spirit is trying to produce Christ's likeness in us, it's not just one of these aspects, it's all of them all at once because he wants to produce Christ's likeness in our life. But another, another reason that it's only mentioned as one. A uh, singular here, fruit of the spirit, is because when you and I go to the produce section at the grocery store, uh, we can go and say, "Well, I'll take you know a couple oranges, and then I'll take a couple uh, tomatoes, and I'll go take a couple because that is a fruit, and I'll go get a couple bananas, and I'll go get some grapes, uh, but I don't really want cantaloupe or honeydew." I'll leave those for somebody else because I don't like those as much as I like these other ones. Okay. When we go to the produce section, that's what we do, right? We can pick among the variety of fruits that we find there. I'm free. I'm free to choose some and not others based on my personal preferences. And so if we accurately refer to the fruit rather than the fruits of the spirit, then it lessens the temptation, here it is, for us to pick and choose among the nine character traits based on our own preferences or areas of strength in our life. So we can't go, well, let's see. I kind of like the love one. So I'll pick that one and put that in my shopping cart. And I'll let the Holy Spirit produce peace in my life. But as far as temperance goes... I don't like that one near as much. I don't like the having to say no to my flesh. I, I like to say yes to my flesh, so I'm not going to put that one in my cart. And I'm not very good at that one, so that's why I'm going to leave that one out. But I'll, I'll pick joy and, and love and peace maybe, and uh, I don't know, maybe one of these other ones to look spiritual too. See, that's not the way it works, though. In his book, The Fruit of the Spirit, uh, Stuart Briscoe writes these relevant words. He writes, "...the fruit of the Spirit is to be seen not as a collection of unrelated fruits that can be selected or neglected according to personal preference, but rather as a composite description of an all-around behavior that is the result of a relationship with the living Lord who indwells His people by His Spirit." So, it's significant that it's not mentioned here, the fruits of the Spirit, it's significant that it's just simply the fruit of the Spirit. It's all supposed to be evident in each of our lives, not just the things that we might like to do. Okay? So, when we're truly producing the fruit of the Spirit, all nine character traits should be evident all the fruit of the Spirit, not just the ones we like. All right, so the number of the fruit of the Spirit, and then number three here, the necessities for the fruit of the Spirit. What is needed in order for me as a believer, as a Christian, to show the fruit of the Spirit instead of manifesting the works of the flesh? What is needed? What are the necessities here? Well, first of all, in order to show forth the works of the flesh, here's what I need to do. Okay, I know we're here to talk about the necessities for the fruit of the Spirit, but what are the necessities for the work of the flesh? What do I need to do in order to manifest the works of the flesh? Here's what I have to do. Nothing. Because guess what? By nature, Eric Johnson, I don't like to brag here, but I am a professional manufacturer of the works of the flesh. Thank you very much i'm an expert at it guess what i'm looking at a whole bunch of other experts too all of us by nature are pretty good at manufacturing these works of the flesh uh, we don't really have to do anything okay but to bear fruit the fruit of the spirit what are we to do according to the word of god what are the necessities of the fruit of the spirit well first uh, we are to abide in Christ. John chapter 15 is a, a wonderful passage of Scripture that details the importance of our abiding in Him so that He can then produce uh, this fruit in our life. And we, there's a progression of uh, bearing fruit, bearing more fruit, bearing much fruit, and then bearing fruit that remains. Well, it all happens, the only way that happens is if we abide in Him. So we've got to be attached to the vine. You must have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You need to be saved. You need to have a relationship with God through Christ. You need to be attached to the vine. Um, We had uh, peaches uh, this year. And uh, they were an interesting kind of peach, but they were pretty good peaches. Well, if we were to take one of those branches that had no pe- or had some peaches on it and we broke it off, pretty soon that's not going to be uh, producing peaches any longer. It needs to be connected to the tree. And you and I need to be connected to the Lord Jesus Christ and abiding in Him. And there needs to be that continual healthy connection to the vine. So we need to abide in Christ by spending time in His Word, by spending time in prayer and, and uh Uh, having this close relationship with Him. So we need to abide in Christ. But then, secondly, we also need to walk in the Spirit. And in this passage, Galatians chapter 5, here's a couple uh, references. Uh, Verse number 16, he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then if we go down to verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so we're to, in other words, live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Do not resist Him. Yield to all of His promptings. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Uh, the word walk in verses 16 and verse 25 have a little different meaning. In verse 16 means to follow, to live with. But in verse 25 it means to march in military rank to keep step. And uh let's see Seth, would you mind popping up here maybe get going wide angle on this one real quick and you can come help me with this. I didn't I didn't warn him about this, but um the best way I can illustrate this is uh by having him come on up here. Uh walking in the spirit means You're keeping step with him. You're going the same direction. All right. This past Sunday afternoon, we had the kids participate in a three-legged race. And we're going to participate in a three-legged race. We're going to try to. May somebody may need to have nine one one just kind of handy, just just in case. Okay, getting these set up here. Almost got it. So we're gonna say that Seth is the uh, the Holy Spirit. Okay, he looks a lot more like the Holy Spirit than I do because I. Anyway, uh, we do... <laughs> go ahead and start walking. No, you go ahead and start walking Here. wherever you want. <laughs> this is super awkward, isn't it? <laughs> okay, but let's say let's say that. Seth wanted to go this direction, and I was like, you know what? I'd rather go over and talk to Randy right now. So go ahead and start over there. (laughs) Okay. Obviously, it's not working very good. But it works pretty good if we both want to go over there. You want to go over there, and I'm like, hey, I want to go where you want to go because I want to follow you. You're the Holy Spirit. You know what's best for me, so I'll follow you wherever. (laughs) See how great this is? (laughs) Now, this still looks awkward. (laughs) I get it. But the idea is it's way less awkward than me trying to go a different direction than he's going. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, are you going the same direction he is? Or are you trying to do your own thing? Because we're supposed to be in step with him. We're supposed to walk in the Spirit. And when we are walking in the spirit, then what ends up happening? We start producing, not we, he starts producing the fruit of the spirit in our lives. So we got to walk in the spirit. Okay, let's be done with this awkwardness, right? There we go. Get out of there. Okay. Thank you. You can be, go back to your post. Um, So... It doesn't go very well when one person starts walking one direction and the other tries to go the opposite. It works best if they walk stride, in stride, and together. And the Holy Spirit is walking one way, and it's up to us to walk with Him in stride. Have you been walking step by step with Him this past week? I hope the answer is yes. And uh, even tomorrow, as the Holy Spirit begins to guide and direct you, are you willing to follow His leadership? or you're like, nope, I know best. I want to go over here. This morning we had uh, German pancakes for breakfast. And one of the things that uh, we have found that makes German pancakes so wonderful is um, taking a lemon and, and heating it up in the microwave a little bit, cutting it, and then squeezing that lemon juice on the top of that just makes it so good. Now, here's the thing. That is, when you squeeze a, a lemon, lemon juice comes out because it's inside. And the question for all of us is, what comes out of our lives when life begins to squeeze us? When the pressures of life come and, and, and put pressure here and squeeze us, what ends up coming out? Is it the works of the flesh or is it the fruit of the Spirit? Because one of the two is going to come out. So life starts getting stressful. What ends up coming out? Love? Joy? Peace? Long-suffering? Or do we get stressed out and anxious and irritable and upset at everybody and we are in a short trigger, or a hair, hair trigger, is that what they call it? I mean, it's like one little thing and we can explode any moment. Because the thing is, all of us have that pressure that come into our lives that squeezes us. And when it is, what comes out? The works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, Perhaps you've heard the fable of those two wolves. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. And he says, a a fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight. It is between two wolves. One is evil, and he's anger, angry and, and, and envious and, um, and sorrowful, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other, though, is good. Is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, generosity, compassion, faith. The same fight is going on inside of you and inside of every other person, too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and asked his grandfather, Well, which wolf will win the fight? And the old Cherokee simply replied, The one that you feed. And so, pretty familiar story. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. But the question remains for all of us is which one have we been feeding? Have we been feeding the flesh with negative influences in our lives, whether it be friends? leading you away from godliness or media that's pulling our hearts away from the Lord, or are you feeding the spirit with daily time in God's word time spent in sweet communion with your Lord time, listening to godly music to draw your heart closer to him, fellowshipping with godly believers who will sharpen you in Christ. So it's pretty obvious which one you have been feeding when life life's pressures come because that's the one that will win in those moments. So, I guess my big encouragement for all of us tonight is to abide in Christ this week and to walk in the Spirit so that He can then produce not just one or two of the fruit, fruits of the Spirit, but the entire fruit of the Spirit. So let's decide this evening that we're going to walk in the Spirit this week so as life begins to squeeze us, the juice that comes out of us will be the fruit of the Spirit and not the works of the Spirit of the flesh. And let's have prayer, and then we'll take some uh, prayer requests tonight. Lord, thank You for the opportunity to uh, consider this wonderful ministry that You have in our life, that the Holy Spirit has in our life, to produce not the fruits of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit, all nine of these characteristics that uh, really describe likeness. And uh, Lord, I pray that in each of our lives that would be the case, um, Lord, that each of us would, um, Lord, walk in the Spirit, choose to abide in Christ and to walk in the Spirit and to follow your leadership and to spend time with you and to feed uh, the Spirit, so to speak, by spending time with you. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, as we go through our week and we deal with the pressures of life, that, Lord, the, the fruit of the Spirit would come out and not the works of the flesh. And uh, we'll thank you for all that happens as a result. In Jesus' name, amen.